just want the gun out of the picture. That's not bad. Not bad. That's not. That is a lot better than it I was expecting. Out, it came out better than I thought for sure. <laughs> I was I was sweating there as yeah. soon as I started, but then I kind of settled into the role. Oh, it was I think, great. A little bit, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> everyone outside and in between, welcome back. Uh, my name is Sam Bannigan, and across from me is not Andrew Thomas. No. Who are you? I am Jezek Sanders. I am Sam Bannigan's cousin. His long lost cousin. Long lost cousin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is the first time we've ever seen each other. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andrew's computer is still breaking. Typical uh, Andrew. Typical Andrew. Uh, so he is unavailable this week. Hopefully he's back next week because next week is a. What are we doing next week? What comes out next week that we're doing? Have you guys already done Ad Astra? Yes, we did. Okay. Did that when it came out. That's a that's a weird episode. Andrew like changes my mind about the movie. Really? Like, because when I first left the movie, I was like, "This movie is so good. Okay. I love it." And then Andrew talked to me about it, and I was like, "This movie's okay." My brother and our grandmother are yeah. going to see that today. Yes, so. I know. Uh, then it's too bad you could have had them on the podcast. <laughs> that would have been great. I don't great episode. I don't think. I don't think I want Shampi on the podcast. Fair, yeah. I don't think she would like it. You don't want to explain the plot to her for no, an I hour for all to. your listeners? <laughs> no, I don't want to okay. just recap the movie for an hour. All right, that's fair. Um, but this week, we didn't go see Gemini Man, even though that's the only movie that came out. Sounds in, bad. It does it sound bad. It looks bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, the only reason that I wanted to go see it was because Ang Lee shot it at 120 frames. That's right, yeah. That's but in the not, whole advertising for it's it. It's not too. showing anywhere in Canada at 120 frames. The highest you can get is 60. Yeah. And it's like one theater in Calgary, one theater in Toronto, and one in Vancouver. That's it. There's They're, like 14 yeah. theaters in America that are playing it at 120. They like, must just so not think weird. it's going to make much money. I don't know like why they wouldn't have wider distribution for it. I th- it's just the technology, I think, that they're having struggles right. with. It's hard to get a, a projector to work that. Like for the premiere, they had to like ship in oh, like wow. a fancy projector from like from Canada. But we don't have them. I don't understand it all at all. I saw this thing. It was like it made me so sad. It was some promotion for Will Smith, and it said like social media influencer Will Smith. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh, what's that's, happened? That's the worst way to describe. I remember Will Smith. when you were in I Am Legend, and oh. now you're a social media influencer. Remember when Will Smith was like the best dude? What happened? I don't know. He must just be like. I think he Looking, had a kid, and he was like, I should chill out a bit. Yeah, and then his kid released a mixtape, and yeah. <laughs> it's been all downhill since then. Yeah. Did <laughs> uh, you so, change this to the Will Smith podcast? I think this is the Will Smith, Will Smith. Let's just talk about Will Smith. Remember Fresh Prince? <laughs> um, so this week, because we didn't want to go see Gemini Man, and this was sort of last minute that Andrew couldn't do the thing, I asked my cousin to be on the show, mm-hmm. and I also asked him what one of his favorite movies was, and he said green room which is obviously in the title of this podcast but that's the one we're doing i had to actually check to make sure there weren't multiple movies named green room because i could see a situation where where we both watch different different movies movies. i'm like yeah yeah. i love the part when his arm gets chopped off and you're like what (laughs) i thought this was a movie about a a man driving a a mahershala lead through the south (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the movie I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no arm chopping in that, there was that movie. No I, arm chopping. I know about it. 
No, there was not. God, fucking Green Book. I haven't so, seen it yet. Don't. <laughs> no. It is a perfectly fine. It is a perfectly fine Sunday afternoon movie to okay. watch with your grandma. That is it. But Viggo Morrison beats racism. He uh, he tries. He tries. Okay. He does his best. Right. Uh, so we're talking about Green Room, which speaking of racism. <laughs> speaking of racism, Green Room, uh, which is one of your favorite movies. Yes. So you obviously very very much enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also very much enjoy this film, which is why I was like super stoked to talk about it. Because uh, Andrew introduced me to this movie, he was like, "Hey, you should check out this movie. You would probably really like it." Anton Yelchin, Patrick Stewart. I was yeah. like, "I'm in," and I went in blind and. It was not what I was expecting. Really? And it was so good. Because I didn't watch the trailer. Like, I knew nothing about it. He was just like, just watch this movie. You'll like it. I was going to ask how you heard about it because I don't know anybody who knows this movie, yeah. really. It didn't do well at the box office. No. I think it had a budget of, like, $5 million and it made three point eight. Yeah, it's, like, that. like, real. It no failed. No one has heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I it's was so curious. good. It's really interesting because... It's not a. It's marketed as a horror movie, and if you look on Netflix, it's under the horror movie jo- like genre. Yeah. But it's not scary. Like there's no jump no. scares really. It's incredibly tense, but it's for. It's very much grounded in reality. Yeah, I feel like this is like the perfect like ninety minute thriller. Yeah, like it's just like three acts, straight to the point, very clear, very well made. And it's like just a thriller. I don't. Mm-hmm. I would never categorize this as a horror no. film. No, I so forgot how short it is too. It's yeah. like an hour and a half, which yeah. is so it's super so nice. quick. It's so nice in an age of two and a half hour movies that come out every fucking week. Yeah. As much as I love a long movie, it's so nice to watch a ninety minute like good movie, and you're just like, yeah, that's everything I needed. Out and of there's this no, movie. there's no like fat on no, this movie. It's like all. every scene, every piece of dialogue, every shot is very, very, uh, like there's an intention behind yeah. it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100. Um, so those are our thoughts. If you haven't seen the movie, get out now. Um, let's talk about some of these actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple people who are just sort of in a bunch of stuff. Uh, that I've seen before, such as Eric Edelstein, Stein, I'm not sure, uh, Macken Blair, and uh, Mark Weber, who are all just sort of like in stuff. Yeah, I like think I just sort of recognize them. So Macken Blair, I think, plays um, Gabe, like the right hand man, and he uh, he was in this director's previous film. Uh, called Blue Ruin. Okay, and, I haven't seen that. Yeah, me neither, but the director apparently actually didn't want to cast him because he was like, you have to play a skinhead and I don't think you're very intimidating. Because <laughs> he's just kind of this chubby, chubby little white just guy. Just a nice little dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he had to uh, take some convincing to, to give him the role. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of Anton Yelchin's last This films, is one of right? Anton Yelchin's last movies, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to shout out those three boys because they're in... A lot of random stuff and I that I really like. Um, and then we got David Thompson as Tad, the uh, the singer oh, of the band. Right. He played what's his character's name? Tad. Tad? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Is that the guy I'm thinking of? I was curious if all of these actors knew how to play these instruments. Do you think that they they did? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Tad is the punk boy that they do the interview with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he's very good. 
All these white boys are very good. <laughs> it's a lot of white people it's in all, this movie, Well, right? it's skinheads. Like, you, wouldn't you wouldn't see a black person at the yeah. at the rally. Yeah. You know? That would be weird. Yeah. Like, I would feel weird about that. <laughs> I would be like, I don't know if that's... Is that what you want to do right now? Yeah, I feel okay. like that's not historically accurate. No, <laughs> you know? no. It's very weird. Uh, no, Callum Turner is the singer. Tiger. Oh, that's who I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was, unfortunately, in Assassin's Creed and Uh-oh. Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> One of the standout actors to me, um, I can't remember his name, but he plays Reese, and he's in Peaky Blinders. Oh, the, dr- the, uh, the drummer? The drummer? Yeah. yeah. He's fucking great. I love him. Joe Cole. I also have a huge uh, affinity for that character in that movie because he knows jujitsu, and I was always <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah, like you could use that <laughs> situation, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's all I was always like. I feel like more protagonists should know jujitsu and horror <laughs> movies. I think mean, it would go a if lot better. If everyone knew jujitsu, then you wouldn't have to deal with Freddy Krueger. There it's you simple, go. Fucking, simple math. You put him in an arm bar, you're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, Aaliyah Shawkat, I think is how you say her name. Yeah. Shawkat? I haven't seen her do Shocking. much since Rest Development, so it was cool to see her. In yeah, the I'm sure she does a ton. Yeah, she's like in it. a bunch of weird, like, random, really small indie movies like this. Um, but she does great. Like, the whole the whole band is is really good. Yeah, and I think the... Oh, also, um, a guy from uh, Scott Pilgrim is in this. He plays... I think his name is David, and he's the guy who's trying to get out of the skinhead group like he's what is his name oh mark weber the, the daniel oh that is him this guy yeah. yeah 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 that guy this guy and that was really oh, he cool is in that... scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit yeah i was trying to figure out where i knew him from yeah i can't remember that character's name scott pilgrim uh steven stills yes yes the singer that's a great movie I lo- we did a whole. I love Scott Pilgrim. Andrew doesn't like it. Talk about another it. super underrated. So movie. good. I don't yeah. understand why people don't like that movie. It's so good. It's so fun. It's probably the best version we were gonna get. Anyway. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because no it's such other a version weird like yeah. thing to adapt. It's so good. Yeah. I w- I just wish that they had done something different with the ending. But other than that, that movie's fucking Yeah, they veered pretty far from the... Yeah, well, the book hadn't come out yet, and it was this whole Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. The fifth book was, like, done being written when it came out, but it hadn't been published yet. Right. And then And they were released around the same time, and then the sixth book, like, still needed to be written. It was this whole thing. There's a really bad history of that happening where yeah. the show finishes and then the book like yeah, isn't done yet and uh, it causes some serious problems they should stop doing that they really <laughs> should know? they should have just taken a break i mean game of thrones would have been like okay we're gonna get back to this in 20 years when george has done his books yikeroonies yeah, me and um, andrew have argued about that season so much i okay well we don't have to we won't talk about it for long but i just gotta say I hate the last season. The last scene is season so much. This second episode is the best episode of Game of Thrones, like ever. What it's so good. That one again? That's the one before the White Walkers show up. Sorry, We're, spoilers oh, for the last yeah, season yeah. of uh, Game of Thrones. If anyone cares, if um, you haven't seen it at this point, you're not watching. You're not going to watch. You know, watch it. like yeah, you're done for sure, right? Uh, no, that's the one where it's just like the different like scenes of everyone just sort of like 
a waiting to die. Yeah. With like the drinking and the song. Like it's so good. I loved it until no one died. Yeah, and until like, no one what died. What was all of that for yeah, if we're exactly. all still good? If we're all still totally Gucci. But that yeah. episode is like peak Game of Thrones. It's like really I'm like, good. this is so good. Yeah. Cause and that being the second episode of the season, I was like, we're in for a great season. Yeah. Next, Didn't you love it when Arya rode the white horse? Through the city, and that made total sense. Destroyed it, and we never saw the horse again. Yeah, you know how that was super important. Yes, that was this like very obviously metaphorical moment that just disappeared. It went over my head. I think I'm too too dumb for Game of Thrones, but whatever. Anyway, back to this movie. Back to Green Room. I I think the standout performance though is probably Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart and Anton Yelchin are this movie. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, Patrick Stewart obviously is one of our greats mm-hmm. is one of the greats and this performance is so it's so i'll talk about it later but i wrote uh an entire like essay on this movie oh really just studies class oh. um, where i was comparing it to uh the banality of evil theory Wild. um and uh yeah so i kind of get into like part of the thing that makes him so sinister is like because he is so organized yes like he's a fully rational human yeah which he knows everything terrifying. to do he's yeah. just like yeah of course we have to do this so that the cops don't think that it happened over there and blah 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 just yeah like, and there's no very, emotion in yeah it. very like, pragmatic the entire time he's just like no if we do this then this happens then this happens then we'll get the gun then we'll stab him and then we'll, yeah you know we'll get the dogs and blah 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 and then, he's like contrasted so heavily by the uh the red-headed guy who like does the stabbing yeah who is just set up to be the most like stereotypical villain like he's giant he's he's terrifying looking you know he's he's insane yeah um and he acts completely chaotically and so and they set him up i feel like to almost like he's going to be like the big bad oh yeah that shot of him like just sitting perfectly still yeah in the green room is like just like oh yeah and they show him in like one of the opening or one of the first scenes like when they start performing in in the club yeah and then patrick stewart comes in and it's like oh yeah that's that's the guy yeah that's the true evil yeah that's the guy we're real scared of yeah uh yeah patrick stewart and anton yelchin just so good Mm -hmm. fucking i miss anton yelchin sometimes yeah i didn't see him in in a ton of stuff it was like this and star trek and like the uh that vampire movie remake that he may have been in with uh Colin Farrell, unless I'm thinking of something oh, else. Oh, Fright Night. Fright Night? Fright Night. Fright Night. Fright Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Fright Night is really, it's a good cheesy B-movie. I remember liking it. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's a cheesy B-movie, and it knows that it's a cheesy B-movie, and it's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I love Anton Yelchin. He's like, he's such a good actor. What did he, how did he pass? Uh, like, like a car wasn't in park and it like hit up like it rolled down a hill really? like it's like not like it's complete accident oh, complete God. fluke just like nothing no sinister nothing wow. just like he didn't put the parking brake on a car or something and it like just ran him over it's what like it's it's totally nothing i don't know if that's the exact details yeah. but like it's 100 just like an accident that just happened that's like could have happened he was to so anybody. young too yeah super young and so talented and, and just absolutely Lovely. Love Anton Yelchin. I still haven't seen Thoroughbreds, but I've heard he's very good in that, which was his last movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Which they released two years ago, I think. 
like they took some time after he died to yeah. release it they were like no let's just <laughs> give it let's maybe uh, give it a bit maybe breathe for a uh, sec yeah but uh this movie is is very good that's the cast uh let's talk about the writer director because it's the same boy jeremy Solnier? Sol- Solnier? Solnier. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just put a French little twist on it, but I don't know. This. Solnier. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, he has not done a whole lot. No. He, for directing, what has he done? He did a movie called Murder Party. He did Blue Ruin, then Green Room, then a movie called Hold the Dark, which I haven't heard of. And oh, then he did a couple episodes of the recent season of True Detective. Oh, okay. Well, the good season. <laughs> That's good. I haven't For, watched this new one. Is it good? It's it's okay. It's it's better than... Um, season two. Oh, it's way better than season two. Uh, but it's not as good as season one. Yeah, season one, one of True so. Detective was like... Yeah, fucking perfect. Marche Ali, though. Oh, I love Marche Ali. It's worth watching just for his... Uh, oh, I watched part of this movie. Hold the Dark. It's like this weird movie. Um, Jeffrey Wright plays like a hunter who has to like find a missing girl in like alaska i don't know it's weird i turned it off after like 30 40 minutes like i was like this is not great well and also like looking at the um imdb score for this that movie it's not very good and also for green room it's not great either and i think that people were pretty uh like it's got a seven's seven. okay. Seven's okay. For IMDb, uh, that's hot. Yeah, I think a lot of people may have been upset with the marketing of it as a horror movie, and, that's and fair. it's not like it's incredibly gory. No, but, and it, again, it's very very tense. But it, yeah. there's nothing very uh, like traditionally uh, like scary. No, it's not it. traditionally scary. I think it's just scary at the fact of like, oh, this is like it feels real. Like it doesn't feel like what a like imagine if this happened sort of movie yeah. it's like a very much like yeah like this punk band played like fucked up like well it's so like, incredibly claustrophobic yeah right like oh yeah until the, the very end of the movie when they're outside yeah like, this is such a the, like <laughs> to a studio this is also such an easy pitch oh yeah i'm just like hey i want to make this like movie about this punk band who are stuck in a in a venue yeah and they're like, oh, okay, that's super cheap. That's what, one location for a most bottle, of the yeah, movie? It's just a bottle episode for an entire yeah, movie. Yeah, and it's so. great. And it works so well. Like, yeah. it's done so incredibly well that it, ah, this movie's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, um, what, the cinematography in this movie is, is great because the majority of the movie is in this really cramped, dank green room. Yeah. But then the opening shot is in a, in a, vast like cornfield yeah and there are these beautiful like bird's eye view shots of forestry and then the end of the movie there's also like there's a lot of nature yeah as well and so it's it's really like counteracted very well yeah it's a really interesting like contradiction of of the like violence of humans compared to just like the peace of nature like that opening shot of their van just like in like their van is the weird thing in that shot yeah of this like perfectly set cornfield except for this van that has veered into it with a bunch of punk kids sleeping mm-hmm. um and i think especially at the end when they're like walking through the woods towards the residence to go kill patrick stewart um like those shots are just like weirdly calm yeah like it, it gives you as a viewer a sense of calm which i think is such an interesting 
like way to end your thriller movie. Well, it kind of becomes a revenge film yeah. in the end because yeah. they have the choice of just getting out of there. Yeah. And Anthony Elgin's character makes the conscious decision like, no, I have to go back and because they, they yeah. killed my friends. Yeah, I have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the yeah, the gore in this movie, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen this movie a lot. Um, it's still hard. And every time... When he pulls his arm back, I'm like, oh, God, no, no, no. Oh, it's... No, 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 And I'm pretty good with gore, but there's something of maybe because it is... And that, like, kudos to, obviously, the actors and, and the filmmaker because I am very good with gore, but that is such realistic. Yeah. It's such a, like, a grounded, gritty, like, visceral experience. Yeah, that... it does... <coughs> Excuse me. It deals with the violence in a, in a very like uh, i don't know what the right word is but like the the band is dealing with the violence in a very like almost immature way like he sees duct tape and he's just like yeah i'll just duct tape my friend's arm back yeah on like that's what else are we gonna do it's sort of thing yeah, like it kinda... feels very this film i think is very good at at the contradictions that it's like presenting you mm-hmm. like look at this like super organized like horrible skinhead group compared to the wild like insanity of this punk band from washington like this like weird just like they're so the nazis are so organized and so like yep you do this you're gonna do this you're gonna go do this we're gonna do this blah 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 and then the kids are just like i don't know duct tape his hand back on yeah Yeah, it'll work and it does. Like, that's it's wild. Well, and that's kind of their plan in the very end. It's yeah. like, he, it's it's funny because uh, the main character, like, kind of introduces the idea of, like, we have to treat this like a game. Yeah. But no one's really paying attention yeah. to him. Yeah. Uh, because he's so, like, messed up and out of it at that yeah, point. they're like, what are you, we can't talk. Well, like, why like, are you talking about yeah, paintball? Yeah, is like, you gotta shut up now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going on about paintball for so long and there's Nazis outside. Yeah, there's Nazis about to kill us and you're talking about paintball. Yeah. This is not the time. But then in the end, like, that is, that is their plan. And then yeah. you're absolutely right. Like, it really, like, the, the skinheads are, like, organized almost like a military. Like, yeah. they, there are, there are commands and there are different, like, levels to it. Yeah. Uh, and, like, their initial, like, the protagonist's initial plan is to just, like, bum rush a guy with a gun. Yeah. Right? Like, who, when he's standing at the door, they're just like, I just say, we, we just. We just, if we all charge him, you yeah. can't shoot all of us at the same time. And I was watching that, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is what kind of plan is that? And and so you're absolutely right. They are very just like, yeah. Yeah. And I think it speaks to like, also like how young they are. Oh yeah. Like they don't, they don't know what they're doing. So, you know, they've yeah. never been in this situation. Also, uh, because they, the way they organize people on IMDb, it's really weird. And she wasn't up at the top, even though she's in the movie a lot more than a lot of these other people. Shout out to Imogen Poots plays Amber. Oh, she's so she's good in so this. Good in she's this. so so good. I've only seen her in this and um, that awkward moment. Oh, the, oh she's in that. Really? Yeah, she's hi cat. I have my cats back. The everybody, cat ignored me. Walked right by me. Ah, uh, it's fine. It happens. It um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've only seen her in this and that awkward moment, and she's good in both. But like, she's really good in this. I saw her in something else. Can you click on her real yeah. quick, actually? Because I saw her in one other thing, but I cannot remember what it 28 is. 28 weeks later? Long Way Down? 
what was it? We don't have to spend super long on this. It's just... Oh, you know what? It was Popstar oh, Never yeah, Stop she's Stopping. In, yeah, she's, <laughs> a, she's Ashley in Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. I was oh, legitimately God. listening to that album earlier today. I love that movie. That movie's great. It's so good. I, I feel almost bad that, she, you know, she she's done all of these amazing movies. I'm just like, oh, I saw her in Popstar. <laughs> like, it shows, like, how few movies I watch it's I mean, pop stars a good movie pop star is fucking great yeah so dang good talk about another movie that just made no money yeah it made like, no money so but people bad. love it like there was a moffat what are you doing kitty don't scratch that don't do that <laughs> um there was a day uh on film twitter not too long ago sometime in the summer i think maybe it was a bit earlier where mo- most of the time, hi bud, hi. Oh, did you hear the noise he made? <laughs> hey bud, does he attack you if you pick him up? No, he's very nice. To my me. cats are so mean. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do this podcast with a cat in my hands, and nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. That cat definitely won't accidentally knock over that glass of chocolate milk. No, that's in. That's an insane thought. Oh, yeah. he's leaving. Okay, bye. Um. Yeah, so normally film Twitter, they all all it is is people arguing about movies. People being like, this movie's great. And everyone's like, no, you're wrong. Right, classic. How dare you? You've insulted my honor. Everyone like, becomes just like an 1800s man. Yes. <laughs> Based on your impression. Yes. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Pull off a glove one finger at a time. Yeah, and like, slap him with it over you Twitter. disrespected me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, currently people are a- angry at Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah, that's so stupid. I don't, get, I don't care. Martin Scorsese is fucking dope. Don't get mad at him. He's fucking amazing. So it doesn't matter. Like what you like and yeah. you don't like what you don't like. It's, it's all good. <laughs> like, drives me crazy. I love Marvel movies. And I so also. Much. Hey, Muff, no. Muff, get out of the jacket. The cat is currently climbing into my, my jacket. Muffet. Muffet. He's fully like... going into that arm. Yeah, and it's right into the sleeve. I'm going to get him. Okay. Muff. No. I'll provide a commentary of what's going on. Okay, you scared the cat away from my jacket. Now the cat's walking this way. Oh, and he picked the cat up. What do you want? And he's holding him Lion King style. It's okay. All right. Calm down. <laughs> Chill out. And now he's. Are you okay? He's calming the cat down. You wanna go down? You wanna go up there? That's why you don't podcast with animals. Well, I have no choice, Jessica. <laughs> Y'all lock them in that room there. <laughs> no, that's mean. Yeah. They're my kittens. <laughs> Does that happen a lot? Does that happen when you and Andrew do it? Does the cat... They haven't been here for any other podcast. Oh, oh of course. I just yeah, got them. Just got they them. were sort of there during Joker, but they were outside. So right. they weren't chill. They weren't like bugging me. But it's going to happen from here on out. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? I have no, no idea. Talking about Andrew Poots. Oh, film Twitter. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, most of the time it's people arguing. But there's this one day where someone mentioned Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. And it was a day of peace on film Twitter. Oh. Because everyone was like, yeah, Popstar is dope as hell. <laughs> like everyone was just like, this movie's fucking great. Yeah. It was such a lovely day of people just being like, man, this movie's fucking great. A bit that I think about far too often is when he's on tour with that guy who's always pulling 
pranks. Yes. And he's trying to figure out if he pranks. He's like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I did, but I didn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and he's just like, I think it's like when his like dick falls out on stage yeah. or something like it's, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking that uh, movie's so good. I rewatched it like a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, "This movie's great." Yeah, I feel like that movie is the polar opposite of this movie <laughs> that we're oh. talking about now. It's like it's, Green yeah. Room and then Popstar are like so far from one another, but both perfect films. Perfect films. Perfect films. Um, yeah, this movie's great. Did you you had notes? Yeah, you said that you took some notes. I did. Um, what do so. You want to talk about? So basically, uh, what I wrote my essay on for religious studies was, um, like, uh, how, because the the original essay is um, by Hannah uh, Arnett, I think is how you pronounce her name. It's called, and the theory is basically that the worst kind of evil, or one of the worst kinds of evil, is, is, like, just total passivity, total neutrality, because you... It's complete thoughtlessness. Yeah. You aren't, you, you are not, uh, you're being controlled by someone else. Uh, and it was basically like her studying, um, like Nazis who just basically blindly followed orders of, of that and killed, you mm. know, so many people and not because of their own personal beliefs, but just basically because they weren't thinking for themselves at all. And so what I did is I took the character of, uh, Gabe, uh, and the dogs and I basically like contrasted them through the entire movie, where the cat's on the fridge, <laughs> just watching over you. He's a good guard cat. He's a <laughs> um, basically like as soon as Gabe is no longer being told what to do by Darcy, he basically says, "I want to go to prison. I don't want to do this yeah. anymore," and he leaves. Which kind of, to me, implies that he never really fully believed in the cause. He was just kind of going along with it. Yeah. And similarly, the dogs. The dogs are being commanded to uh, attack the, the protagonist. Yeah. They're just dogs. They're what just they dogs. Do? And, and at the very end of the movie, we see that the dog walks right past them. Doesn't yeah. even acknowledge them. Goes to lay with the owner. Yeah. So... No, I'm not saying that Gabe or the dogs are more evil than Patrick Stewart, but it's a different kind of evil. Because yes. It's like, you don't actually believe in what you're doing, which is kind of horrible in its own way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Like, it's a weird sentence I was about to say. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, if you're doing evil shit and you don't care about it, <laughs> that's bad. Like, that's, like, if you're doing something evil, you should give a shit about it. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're gonna be evil. You're gonna be evil. If you're gonna be a Nazi. You have a little bit of motivation, you know? <laughs> God. God. You fly yourself. Apathetic Nazis. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> That's what this movie should have been called. Apathetic, apathetic Nazis. Nazis. Um, I mean, and again, it's kind of a weird argument because everyone except the main characters, or the, the main protagonists in this movie, are evil. You know? Yes. Like, yeah, 100%. it is inherently an evil movement. Yeah. Yet it's it's interesting that they display in the essay I wrote. I kind of talked about like it was like passive evil, chaotic evil, and uh, like organized evil. I think is how I broke it down. And yeah. So the redhead who stabs the the girl at the beginning of the movie is like chaotic evil. Yeah. Like he just does an evil act, 
like without thinking it's just like his his visceral like gut reaction is to do something horrible to another human being yeah patrick stewart is organized evil like he knows exactly what he's doing he's thought it through he's very calculated in it he's separated from it emotionally yeah but he's still enacting evil deeds on these on these young people yeah and then someone like gabe or the dogs are passive evil because they don't (laughs) <laughs> they don't they're not thoughtless in what they're doing because they're consciously doing it but they're also not being driven by anything internally it's purely external forces that are are like you know influencing them and as soon as those for- forces are gone they're kind of just shells yeah you know i mean uh, people have people who have left the like white supremacy groups have talked about that have talked about how they didn't necessarily believe the things they were saying but they just sort of felt accepted by the people around them so they were like oh this is good like Mm -hmm. people instinctually want to find like tribes like groups of like your people the people that you can associate with and be like yeah these this is we're all chill together um they like the there's a they talk about it in the good place which now i know about this like order of things but i'm sure it's like more scientific than what i'm about to say and what was said on the good place um but there one of the characters talks about like oh the first like like evolutionary hurdle that humans had to get over in order to survive was me versus us Mm -hmm. which was like you have to sacrifice some some of your own self-interest to make sure that like the people around you are also all safe so that you can all share food and you can all do whatever yeah you know, if you only have, say there's ten people, but you only have, like, eight shares of food, like, make those shares a little bit less so that everyone can eat, even if it's not as much sort of thing. Yeah. And then the next step is the us versus them, which is the Nazi shit, mm-hmm. basically. And all Nazi racism shit. and homophobia and all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, I think that, like, that's a, where was I going with this? Well, I was going to say, like, um, the, the movie actually addresses that thing you were talking about briefly about, like, those people who join the movement simply out of, like, self-preservation. Like, yeah. Because even the, the girl, uh, Ember, is that her name? Amber, Amber. Yeah. She, they, like, they, they grill her on, like, why are you associated with yeah, and then people? Yeah, and then she says, I'm not a Nazi. It's yeah. like, well, what the fuck yeah. are you doing here then? And she basically is, like, white people are the only people who, like, didn't you know beat me up and then Anton Yelchin has the amazing point of like how many of them were women yeah right like they're still being treated horribly (laughs) but it's it's like I I liked how they briefly do touch on uh like those who just join it because they yeah no one else which is also like such a such an I think like setting it and like the under like it's like I'm a big punk fan so the and this is one of the few movies that I've seen that, like, gets it. Mm. That, like, understands what punk is. Right. And, and like, when they play Nazi punks fuck off as their, like, opening number, it's, like, the bet. It's, like, so good. Yeah. It's, it's just this, like, I think if, if you're ever trying to, ex- if I ever want to explain what punk is to someone, I want to show them this movie and just be like, that's it. Like, these kids are punk. They, they get it. This movie gets it. It shows it well. And that's that's where a lot of that, like, the Nazi punk thing was. Because it's like, 
punk is is a is a genre and a culture that is very accepting that is just like yeah just come hang out like we're gonna listen to some loud music and we're gonna yell about how shitty the world is yeah and all this stuff and if you break it down to those simple points of like hey we're a bunch of people who are very accepting of other people who think like us and we're gonna yell about how shitty the world is that also describes nazis yeah like it's like if you break it down to that point obviously they split off very much as soon as you start adding in any other layer yeah but um it is again where i think this movie shows that like two sides of the same coin of like yeah punk is very accepting and just like everyone can be here and do their own thing and we're all just gonna have a good time and listen to loud music and yell about how shitty the world is and on the other side of that people attach themselves to this movement because they feel accepted Mm -hmm. which is how probably gabe felt like he was like rejected by the other people in his life and he found this group of people who accepted him and wanted him around and he was like great i'm a part of this i'm gonna go be a nazi (laughs) sounds good like god imagine thinking i'm gonna become a nazi everything's looking up now everything's coming up me yeah because i'm gonna join the nazis but it's i it's awesome that you are uh you're into punk because i was gonna ask you if you knew because i don't know anything about punk and very like ignorant of me i i did like associate a lot of the punk genre with skinhead culture okay um and and obviously not saying that the two are synonymous at all but based based on like what the little bit i knew about it but the thing is every genre has its sect oh 100% fans like i listen to pretty much only hip-hop and do you know how rampant like homophobia and transphobia are in hip-hop like it's ridiculous but it's also not all artists and it's not all fans so it's just like punk my dad listens to heavy metal heavy metal also has a a really big issue with with racism and but that's not the that's not the entire like demographic obviously yeah i mean for for punk like it, it it obviously has those those same people like the mainstream like pop punk bands and stuff now are all sad white boys and like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it that's all the that's all the big ones yeah um but there are bands out there that exist and, and they're just like they understand that that's what it is and they're trying they're even if they like my favorite band the wonder years it's a bunch of white boys but they also understand the world that they're in and they very much like there's this really great essay that i read about the wonder years about how accepting they are of just like they know that anyone in the audience is is feeling they're they're talking about the emotions that people are feeling and not like specifics yeah i guess in a sense it's sort of hard to explain um but punk like it like way back in the day was started you know by a bunch of british kids like just wanting to yell about how shitty everything was and 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 it attracted the those sort of skinhead cultures like because of the look and because of the the perceived violence of the music and like all that sort of stuff so that's where the dead kennedys came out and they were like no like that's not what this is for this is for the people who like just want to have a place where they can feel 
like it's okay that everything is fucked up mm-hmm. and we're just gonna yell about it and we're gonna just be sort of cathartic I find that's the best sort of way to describe punk is like it's just cathartic mm-hmm. it's just like we all like every like if you go to a, uh, one of my favorite bands Pup they're very loud they're like garage punk just like let's be loud and yell about how um, like shitty things are but if you go to one of their shows everyone's just like high energy dancing moshing like jumping around and and it's very like after I saw them in Brooklyn it was like the next day I felt great because I was like man I just got like all of those those emotions of like just a release yeah it's just such a release of just like yes we're all gonna sit be in this room and we're gonna listen to this loud music and we're all gonna yell and then at the end we're all gonna be sweaty and I had like beer spilled on me and like I was tired and bruised and I was just like and I just went home and I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like ah I don't have (laughs) like I just have a little bit of a breather yeah um and it's kind of a place to get like aggression out in a very like controlled yes uh, environment 100 percent. it's it's channeling it into something if you're angry about the world if you're angry about the state of how things are in any sense in your personal life and in the world at, at, at a larger point like this is such a this is a place where you can deal with those emotions yeah and then sort of move on with your life mm-hmm. and do whatever um but this movie for the most part i think is an example of like taking like this group of of people taking very specific like aspects of the genre mm-hmm. and attaching their identity to them yes. and, in a very very like dangerous way like it's yeah. still them channeling their aggression towards something yeah. like some issue yeah. in quotations an issue of you, you know race that they think exists yes yeah. that's that's where that like weird correlation is yeah. and why like a lot of people think what you used to think about punk of just like oh yeah punk is very you know that's where the skinheads all listen to that sort of music and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. Like, just because those people have attached themselves to this genre doesn't mean that that's the genre. I mean, there are bands like that who are shitty and, like, are garbage. Oh, for sure. But yeah. <laughs> but I think they're, like, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. Punk is a weird genre. I, it's, it's weird so because, weird. like, I see a lot of, um, uh, ties between like hip hop and punk. Yes, punk right and hip hop are punk and hip hop. Hip hop stem from like the same shit. And I would say that one hundred percent hip hop is is taking a lot of things from punk right now in terms of style and yes, um, ab- abrasiveness. Like especially a lot of the guys coming out of the Florida scene, like really like lo-fi like like blown out instrumentals um and just like screaming yeah uh, and like very uh yeah like very aggro uh lyrics so i'd say that it might not be tackling the same like political issues that punk like back in the day w- would tackle yeah. but yeah i do see a lot of ties there 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 is 100 percent. like uh one of my favorite rappers gambino has always been like my he, he's talked about how all he wants to do is be punk Mm-hmm. Like, I think lots of rappers just yeah. want to be punk. Yeah, like, it's and so just prevalent like, and, in the style. And, yeah, Gambino said like, "Yeah, we got a gospel song on the radio. How punk is that? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, Redbone is a gospel song. That yeah. is what that is. 
and it's played all over the world and in clubs and everywhere like and it's like a it's a gospel song and it's like that and i think that's that's why i i also listen to hip-hop not nearly as much as you do um but like that's where i feel attached to Mm hip-hop because it's like very similar in its sentiment and it's like yeah we're just gonna sort of deal with this issue real quick yeah like i think that's where um rappers like watsky and gambino and and maybe not chance's new album but his older stuff um and his new album is so bad yeah let's oh it's so bad it's so bad oh it's so bad um and then people like michael christmas and and yeah there's a lot of i think there's a lot of correlation between those two genres i think this movie you could easily do it with a hip-hop group oh yeah for sure 100 percent. yeah yeah, and maybe not with Nazis, but like a similar sort of some, thing. Yeah, some some sort of ideological group that it like has attached themselves exactly. And, and yeah, because yeah. every you know every yeah. genre has it. But the, the so going back to the song that they play, yes, um, Nazi punks fuck off. Yeah, by so the dead I vanities. yeah, so I didn't know those because I don't know, know anything about punk, so I didn't know that was a real song. And I really love that the director did that because. At the beginning, I think we're not sure where the protagonists, like, what their ideological views yeah, are. Yeah, when, when, uh, uh, when the guy who houses them, like, tells them, like, okay, I got you this gig. Yeah. And they're like, cool, what sort of scene is it? They ask for the affiliation. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, no, they're skinheads. But yeah. just as long as you stick with my cousin, you're good. Yeah. Just don't. Like, and they say, all right, like we'll play the show. Yeah. And so when I first saw that, I was like, uh-oh, these oh, guys no. might also not be very good people either. Yeah. But then they... They get there they and they do see that all song. the imagery and they're just like, oh, no, this is real bad. Yeah. This is real bad. And it was just like a very things. like subtle way for the director to show us, like, oh, no, 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 they... They acknowledge that this is... Like, they're yeah. not on board with this aspect of, of the culture. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was a really uh, great choice. Um, I had some it's, other yeah. notes. I fun fact: one of my prized possessions is right in there somewhere, uh, and it is an original pressing forty-five uh, record of uh, Nazi punks. Fuck off! It's a great song. It's a fucking dope. <laughs> song. I can get behind that song. Yeah, that's I, a song that ages like fine wine. Yeah, too. it you is. Can just keep playing that song. I can keep playing all it all long. day, all day long. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's one of my prized possessions. Is, is that my mom gave it to me um i really liked the you know it's funny because like i i had to watch this movie like five times in a row for this for the essay i yeah. i wrote um but there's still stuff that like i didn't pick on pick mm-hmm. up on until like this time around uh like how they really subtly set up that like the band doesn't have any like online presence yeah which at the time i didn't connect to oh yeah so the, they're gonna be it raises the stakes because yes. people don't know them as much. Like they yeah. say in that interview, like we don't we don't like to go virtual at all. Yeah. Uh, and then when they play that that uh, show that has like ten people in the audience, and the there and one guy is just like recording them. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's just like small things like that. that yeah, I it's were great. This movie is one of Andrew's favorite terms, and, and listeners of the show will know. It's tight. It's tight. Like every every detail of the movie comes back in some other way and it and it aids the story in 
in so many different ways. Like, stuff that's set up at the very beginning is stuff that pays off later, like, with them siphoning off gas, and they're like, oh. And then when the... Patrick Stewart sees that they have that. They're like, he's like, great, perfect. We know exactly what we can do to set it up so that it looks like, yeah, they just got eaten by dogs. Sucks to suck. I also kind of love that they all pretty much just die immediately. Like, they yes. leave the green room, and then as soon as they do, it's yeah. like, but, 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 there's like two main characters. Yeah, left. and you're like, oh, fuck, oh, no. Yeah. It's, this movie is, is such a, like, perfect 90 minutes. Like, I think it's just if anyone is ever wanting to make a 90 minute thriller of any kind like watch green room do you have any complaints about the movie is there anything where you're like um they could have done this better or more i mean third acts always have a problem like in every movie there's always thir- th- third act problems and i think this movie is is no exception um like the there's just some stuff that feels sort of I don't know how to explain it like as much as i enjoy the scene of them walking through the woods it's sort of like takes a while right and i don't know if it's needed to take that long it especially feels like that because it was like firefight yes all of this gore and then suddenly it's tranquil but then for us yeah at the, at the same time I, I kind of enjoy that it takes a breather yeah that it, the movie lets the audience and the characters have this moment of just like relax Mm -hmm. like it's okay things are done and then i think the ramp up into them killing patrick stewart and everything could have could have maybe been done a little bit better i do love how he was like all right fuck it and he just like starts walking because he knows right so he's just like i'm just gonna go for this yeah but like the it's the moment that amber shoots the guy and then anton yelchin's like oh we're doing that yeah and she's like, yeah, why else would we be here? And yeah. he's like, I don't know. I just thought we were going to, like, fuck with their shit. I didn't think we were going to go killing people. Yeah. And she's like, well, we're going to. Yeah. And it's just like, and he's like, all right. And he's, and he's like, immediately just like, yeah, fucking whatever. Did you like how it ended with just, like, him being like, I know what my... Uh, yes. Desert Island band is, is, like, tell someone who gives a shit. And yes. then just, like, hard cut. That I think that is a... a great like it's it is a very good payoff to that like this movie the script of this movie is like just so good yeah it's just so good because that pay, that payoff and like the the moment like right before they all charge out and they admit what their like real desert island bands are is such a nice little thing that i appreciate so much of just like them i i what we talked about earlier with game of thrones like i love scenes and and episodes of tv and stuff where it's someone, where it's characters, like, defined characters confronting death. Yeah. They're like, we know we're going to die. What do you do? Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to die, if you leave this room, what do you do? If you know you're going to die tomorrow when all the zombies show up, what do you do? Yeah. I think that is such an interesting, like, moment to watch humans go through. And to have, like, these this punk band all admit that they, like, like it's like... Yeah, it's Madonna. Like, it's just, like, so... It's so sweet. It's so... It's such a nice moment of kinship between them. Yeah. And, and them just being like, I have to get this off my chest before we die. Like, if we're gonna die, I have to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I would pick Madonna. <laughs> it's like, that's 
fucking that's great. And then the one that you just like, I misfits. It's still misfits. It's still misfits. <laughs> yeah. I respect that. Yeah. I love um, when they discover the uh, like the heroin in the basement. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, they're, they're, this isn't about us. Yeah. No. Or even the fact that she got killed. They just don't want the cops to find this. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, I guess maybe because I was looking for evidence for a very specific argument when I was, like, watching the movie before, but that never really registered with me, and I was like, oh, it kind of clicked. Oh, yeah, sorry. I love how I just turned <laughs> Yeah, you turned all the way I'm away from the microphone. I'm talking to your kitchen. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, just, like, it, it really shows that, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart's running a business. Yes. You know? Like, this that, is... That's what he cares yeah. about. Yeah. <sighs> So good. This my, so good. My only complaint is I, I really like Mark Webber. Is that his name? Is that the the guy who plays the guy who's escaping the? Uh, yes, Mark Webber. I believe. Hold on. Hold on. Ba, 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 ba. Mark Webber. Yes, Daniel. Yeah. So I I liked the kind of subplot of him and is that his girlfriend the girl who was killed yes i found that very confusing okay the first couple yeah of times. So, i wasn't sure the relationships there so i so what i think it is is emily the girl who got stabbed yeah is like in that is in that business yeah that they're that they're running because she like hands the guy some drugs and the mm-hmm. audience and all that stuff oh that's what that was yes okay yeah um but and the, and then Cowcatcher, the band, and the the big scary guy, yeah, are also a part of that business, okay. obviously. Um, and Daniel and Emily are both they've fallen in love, and they want to leave the business and the Nazi stuff behind. Yeah, because it it seems like Daniel's also not into it in the same way that Gabe is not super into it. No, he's it, probably into it more because Patrick Stewart's like yeah he tells him to go get the red laces and everything like he's a bit higher ranking I guess and then he wanted not only did he want to leave the movement but he had the baseball bat from the boot party yes I think it was like last year or whatever they referred to it and uh, and it was like in a bag and he was going to present it as as oh 100% it definitely seems like Daniel was like going to leave and go to the cops and be like here you go. Yeah. Here's the thing you need to get all these assholes, all this stuff. So maybe my confusion as to if they were they were in a relationship or not is the fact that I could have used, I guess, more of a reaction from him when he sees his girlfriend like stabbed. In I think the head. we get I think we get that earlier. Okay. Because we get it when because Patrick Stewart at one point just tells him. Someone just tells him what happened. Okay. Like because yeah, oh, Patrick Stewart goes yeah, like goes okay. like, oh yeah, they killed one of our own. Right. And he's like, who? And then he says, Emily. And then he has sort of that moment of just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I guess I could have oh, no. I guess I could have just used more there, but I also also understand that in the moment they were probably just like, we just have to get out of here. Like, yes. that's what the, the focus was. Yeah, and I think Daniel, I think the character understands that he can't have a moment, mm-hmm. that he, he knows that he's escaping, you know, as a secret. Like, they're running away. Like, they're literally just running away so that no one can find them right sort of thing like so i think the character knows that he if he has a big reaction things will go even worse yeah, and he like, doesn't God, want you're that. crying a lot over yeah you're cr- why do you care about like, this person like so she just much. sells we're it. nazis we don't care about nobody <laughs> um yeah so i think that's that's where that 
comes from. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I also like that, like, this movie, when he's like, oh, yeah, we I can get us out of here. Like, I, they're going to find out that I'm a traitor any second now, if they haven't already. Uh, so let's go. I'll grab the shotgun. And then he just gets Shots shot immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah. The hero. Our savior is gone. I really thought that it was like, okay, this is awesome. Like, yeah, they got someone on their side who's yeah. like healthy. He's going to come out. Guns are blazing. He was in Scott Pilgrim. He's going to kill it. He knows what's good. Yeah, yeah. he's going to play some songs with Michael Sarah, And yeah. everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Turns out... Green Room and Scott Pilgrim are in the same cinematic this, universe. Yeah, Stephen Stills ran, ran away from Toronto and became a Nazi. We see Michael Sarah showed up with like a shaved head. And he was like, oh, <laughs> I love white people more than everyone else. That would be very funny. Um, if so, if you would recommend this movie, are there any other movies kind of in the same vein that you'd recommend um, to people? Probably The Invitation. I was actually going to say The Invitation, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was don't about to say that. Go in blind for The Invitation. Yeah. Don't watch a trailer. Don't look up the let's synopsis. Let's about that. Yeah. Just watch that movie. So good. Um, that's probably the biggest one that I would recommend. Do you have any other ones? No. Um, no. That th- This movie is, again, it's, it's very... Uh, it's weird. I, I recently uh, saw uh, Midsummer. Yes, Midsummer is so good. And it's kind of similar in in the sense that it's marketed as a horror movie. Yeah. I didn't find Midsummer scary at all. No, but it has the same like very very visceral gore. Yes, that it does. Green Room has same with uh, Hereditary. And Hereditary, though, I think Hereditary is far more of a traditional. Yes, it horror is. Yeah, movie the last twenty Midsummer minutes of Hereditary is. are terrifying. Yeah, like and, and yeah, it's got much more like like horror elements. Yeah. Like I was actually scared in Hereditary in and uh, Midsummer. I there's no part that really scared me. No, it's very, like, Midsummer is just but very good. It was good. It was fucking weird. I watched the director's cut as the first. Like, I want to see it so bad. I, I didn't it. get a chance to see it at the Carnot. Yeah, I'm dying. To, I'm so I love that movie. Did you guys talk about it on the podcast? We did. We did a whole episode. Did Did Andrew like it? Yes. Yeah, because it's great. Yeah, it's so good. We both really like Ari Aster. Uh, he's fucking rad. I'm so excited for whatever he does next. Go he on. wants to do a comedy. He wants to do like a, a horror comedy movie. Really? And I'm so into it. Yeah. I was like, yes, Ari, do it. I mean, he's it. earned my trust. Like, oh yeah, 100. percent After I, I, Hereditary, I was like, I'll watch any movie you make. Like, no, no worries about that. God, that guy has a thing about horrifying like family tragedies. Yes. <laughs> you know, just yes. like the worst thing that could happen to yeah. someone. He's like, I'm gonna make two movies. I'm gonna make two movies about families dying. It's gonna be great. I think his short film was also about that too. No, something strange about the Johnsons. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. You gotta watch it. It's on YouTube. Everyone, go. Don't look up what it's about. Just watch it. Okay. It's fucking weird. It's so good. Andrew made me watch that before we saw Hereditary, and I was like, Oh fuck, this is what we're getting into. Let's do it. But that's also about a family, and it's very fucked up. Speaking of of short films, uh, the director of this movie. Apparently he was like so obsessed with the idea of doing a horror movie set in a green room. Yeah. And it started as a short film that was like much more along the lines of a traditional horror movie where it had like supernatural elements. Like it was about like a ghost or something. <laughs> and so it's crazy to think of like 
how different it turned out. That's you know? a lot. A lot of movies start out as like, I'm gonna do this weird short film, and then it's like, oh no, I'm gonna do this big movie. Yeah. <laughs> what if we took out ghosts and, and put in Nazis? Nazis. A more terrifying thing. I think I'd be way more scared of a Nazi than a oh, ghost. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're at the end of this podcast. Uh, my name is Sam Bannigan. I'm Jessica Sanders. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on. I really no, of course. It. That was fun. Um, you can find me at Sam Bannigan on all the social medias that I use, uh, namely Instagram and Twitter. You don't have to plug your social media because I know you don't really use I'm it. I'm just like the band in the movie, man. I don't believe in social <laughs> media presence. I don't believe in the virtual world, yeah. dude. Uh, you can find the podcast at Welcome Back Pod on all the social medias uh, that we use, also namely Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can check us out. All of our links to all the stuff is on welcomebackpod.com. Uh, that should have everything. Um, you can rate us on iTunes and Google Play. And you can follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud and all that fun stuff. Uh, most importantly, please tell your friends about the show. That's the best way to get the word out. We're trying to you know, grow the audience and, and get some new listeners up in here. When are you going to get merch? Uh, when can I get a hat? When, with a podcast name on it. When more than a hundred people tell me that they want a hat, you just make me a hat, though, if you really wanted to. I, that's a lot of money just for one, one hat. hat. <laughs> but I'll wear the shit out of it. All right, it'll be forty dollars for a hat. God damn it! Don't if I'm only making one, then I have to charge you for the full price of the hat and the profit that we would get. I like how you run this podcasting business. Yeah, I it's, how, it. it's how we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, do all that. That would be very helpful. Uh, before And then right at the end here, we normally do a joke, but I have a question for you, Jessica. Oh, God, okay. What's your Desert Island band? <gasps> uh, Brockhampton. Really? Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that answer. Really? What did you think I was going to say? Eminem. <laughs> I hate Eminem so much. You dude. used to love Eminem. What are you talking about? Every fucking white kid who starts listening to hip-hop listens to Eminem, but then you grow up and you realize, ah, <laughs> uh, it's not good. <laughs> you know? You used to love Eminem so much. I, I didn't know that you had stopped. Hate. I need to put this out into the universe so I your listeners Eminem. who have never met me and will never meet me know <laughs> I don't like Eminem. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what if I said like Takashi Six Nine or something? <laughs> would that be? I would have kicked you out of my yeah, house. I was gonna I say, would that be better or worse than Eminem? That'd be worse. <laughs> okay. Like Eminem, I was like, yeah, all right, he's not good, but yeah, not, but no, not Six Nine. Yeah, no, I would say Rockhampton or um, like Tribe Called Quest, probably. Oh, uh, Tribe is Tribe is good. Yeah, that makes sense. Bye. <laughs>